Hello, this is episode three of Lost Boys, The Found Fathers, where we are men who have suffered the loss of a child or children, and we seek to offer encouragement for other men who have traveled the same path. Uh, we want to offer our strength, our encouragement, our hope for, again, for guys who have been on the same journey. And so this is episode three. My name is Gabriel O'Sullivan. Got Will Haycox with me, as always. And if you haven't listened to episode two, you got to go back and listen to episode two because that's going to be the basis of what we're talking about right now in episode three as we're going to get into some questions that I had for Will. Um, in the last episode, Will went through the loss of his son Gabriel, the birth and loss of his beautiful son Gabriel. And so we're going to go and actually ask some some questions and related to that interview um, for you, Will. And um, wanna want to just jump right into that and say, you know, one of the things, Will, that I noticed that you mentioned was that basically you had this this idea, you know, of what the future held, you mm-hmm. know, for you and for your wife Hannah and for your son Gabriel. And when that child was not with us any longer here on earth, those dreams were kind of, mm-hmm. you know, dashed. And yeah. uh, tell me a little bit about that and how really how did you how did you what how did you receive comfort you know with that realization and how are you still receiving comfort and uh as that's still something that that you mentioned that you're still kind of dealing with Mm -hmm. yeah hey guys this is will haycox uh yeah that's something that uh it's still like you said i'm still dealing with um i think like initially it was just kind of that sense of it was almost like you were you were looking forward to a cool experience or a cool you know this or whatever and and you just found out it wasn't going to happen but times a hundred and it was like you know I've I've always wanted to be a father um I kind of always I always assumed even long before I was like ready to have kids even when I was like 16 17 18 I always just thought like it'll be cool to have a son you know I'll name him after me and it'll be you know like a little I'm a history major so it's like it'll be a cool like a dynasty like kings you know things like that and uh, one of the junior and then a third and a fourth and a fifth and all this stuff you know like George and, Foreman yeah George like I didn't want to name them all second. George though yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah um it was something that you know I kind of just always took for granted that like one day I would have a son and he would have my name and it you know we'd be he'd be just like me and things would be great and um you know having that we we didn't name Gabriel after me his name was William Gabriel Haycox and my name's William Gregory Haycox so it was WGH but he wasn't a junior um that's cool but um i don't know uh, i guess to get to your question like the way i received comfort in it was just through the encouragement of other men um, we had several different people. Actually, the guy who's a pediatrician for our daughter now, uh, he and his wife lost a child, I think, about 20 years ago, and he gave us some encouragement, gave you, gave me encouragement, and uh, some other guys from our church, Church at the Mill in Spartanburg, uh, gave us just encouragement and good advice. And there's one guy in particular, Brian Lambert, that he uh, he took the time just to get together with me and um, you know, he told me the story of losing his son and I just, I just opened up to him. I think we were in a, in a Bojangles early in the morning and I just opened up to him and told him how I felt and cried 
with him and just told him like, you know, it's not fair. It hurts. You know, I was, I was so excited to have a son and everything that came with it. And now I don't, uh, what do I do with that? And, you know, he, he was very good about like not giving me instructions as to like, this is what you need to do and you'll be better. But, you know, I think just the, the overriding theme for that was just to, to trust God and to know that our son isn't just a thing or an idea that, that came about and like a cool, maybe we'll have a son one day and, oh no, it didn't work out. You know, no big deal. We'll just start over. Like he was a person, he mattered and he's still a person. He's in heaven and he's, he's in pure bliss. He's in paradise. He's, He's able to, to do and experience things that we can't conceive of until we get there. He's, he's able to spend time with, with our Savior. And I think that, to me, was a comfort to know that he's not, it's not like he's suffering. It's not like he ceased to exist. He's alive. He's, I don't know the theology as to whether he has any consciousness of what's going on here on earth, but, uh, you know, I think... He's certainly aware that he has parents, that we love him, we care for him, and that I hope he's aware that at some point we'll be there. You know, there'll be a reunion. And I think that was was part of the comfort, and part of it was just just diving into the Bible. I think not long before, uh, not long before Gabriel was born, maybe a couple of months Hannah and I started on a reading plan to read the Bible in one year, and uh, I think that was August or something of last year, and we finished that, and at some point in there, I started, I wanted to read it faster, so I started a a Bible in 90 days and did that, and I just want to, I grew up in Sunday school, and I knew all of the Bible, you know, I knew most of the stories. I wanted to read the whole story. I wanted to, to get the context. I wanted to, to know who God was. And, you know, I, I trusted him, but I wanted to, I guess, know who I was trusting and know his character. And uh, not to get into, like, the whole story of the Bible right now, but, like, I think even in the Old Testament, you see God's faithfulness to the Israelites and you know, the story of the Exodus and the, the time in the wilderness and how they got to the promised land and the Israelites just went back and forth between like, God tells them to do something. They're like, cool, great. We're so thankful for you, God. We'll do that. And then like literally the next day they turn around, they rebel against Moses or they rebel against the prophets and they're just doing all these horrible things. And God is so gracious and so steady and faithful not to destroy the people. There's, there's times when he, he's talking to Moses and he's like, I should destroy these people and wipe them off the face of the earth and start over with you, Moses. And Moses pleads for the people and God relents and he has mercy on them. And I think to know that God is faithful to keep his promises over thousands of years to the, the family of Adam and Noah and, and Moses, he's still faithful to us now. And that's something that you know, to, to know somebody is to know their character and to see a, a demonstrated history of how they, they act and, and who they are. And for me, 
diving into the character of God and knowing him and knowing his faithfulness probably gave me more comfort than anything else. Just knowing, you know, he says we're going to heaven when we die, if we believe in him and our son died, he's in heaven. There's that's something we'll probably get into in another episode that, uh, how we have assurance that, that infants are in heaven and it has to do with, with David and, um, losing one of his children and how he talks about he will not, his son will not return to him, but he will go to his son. But, um, you know, I, I believe our son is in heaven and, and God is faithful to say that, that we'll go to heaven if we believe in him and my wife and I believe in him. And so that's, that's the end of it. We'll be there. That's awesome, man. You know, two things I got out of that were you had this realization that your son is whole and complete and perfect. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's with the perfect father. Mm-hmm. You know, not that you wouldn't have been a great father, but mm-hmm. that you know that, that God is a greater father than we are, right? We just strive to be like him. And so you know he's with the perfect father. And that, that one one day you'll be with him again. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's what gives us comfort even in the midst of the loss of those dreams that we had. You know, I, I, I remember having those same thoughts. Still do. You know, I'm, I'm thinking um, similar thoughts like, oh, I was going to do this or that, you know with our girls and then uh and then that you know didn't happen but but having that realization that they are with them with with the father and that one day we'll be with them again and then you said too something i thought was so good you said you wanted to get to know god you know you didn't want to just get to you didn't you don't just know about god you know god you Mm -hmm. know because you have that relationship with him you know there's a lot of people that they know about god because they've maybe went to church a few times or they've heard this or that on the radio, read some book, and they know about God, but they've never made that commitment to have that personal relationship with Him and then mm. get to know Him. That's how we have a relationship with somebody is we get to know Him, right? Mm-hmm. So you were like, hey, I'm diving into the Word. I'm going to see what does the Bible actually say about God and about His character, about who He is, about who I am mm-hmm. in regards to, to Him. And that brought you comfort. And so, man, what a great word for anybody listening is mm. get to know the Lord and get to know the God of the Bible. You know, get you a copy of the Bible, start reading it. You know, we can, we can, we can, we can make some links available. I think on our social media, like our church has got some really good like Bible reading plans and some, mm-hmm. um, some information on like how to have a devotion and how to spend time with the Lord. So you can mm-hmm. start, you know, reading the Word like in an appropriate place. Like if you just if you never read the Bible before and you start in Genesis, you gonna stop real soon because <laughs> it's, it's a lot. There's a there's a lot of stuff that that that's good and we need to have it but you may want to start in like the new testament like with the book of matthew or mark or luke or john and and kind of jump into seeing god come to earth right and see him um see him as jesus and and see his his nature and his character and so we can make that that information available to you on our social Mm -hmm. media for sure um sites as well um and so we'll have that up there one thing that you said a couple times you used the word shock um when you know when you when you when the midwife kind of gave you some news and then you got to the hospital and the doctor with his not so awesome bedside manner just kind of <laughs> laid out what was happening medically right there you know and after that like you still had to like function and think even though you're like in the midst of this shock like how did you think clearly during those times where you were literally just thrown into a whirlwind um I don't know. I don't know how helpful this will be because I think it's maybe certainly 
it's it's a personal thing. It's it's your uh, I think it has something to do with your personality and, and just how you respond to things. But for me, I think uh, there was that immediate shock, like you said, of our son's not here. That's final. Uh, nothing I can do about that, or what could I have done about that? You know, we we had that that guilt over you know could we have could we have done something different? Um, but I think like for the the few days we were in the hospital and like certainly the the immediate days after we got out um i don't i don't know if every husband feel this feels this way or uh i think to a certain extent we should feel this way um but i really i just wanted to be there for my wife to protect my wife um and to help her as much as possible and i just had the realization like right there in that moment when Hannah decided that she wanted to deliver Gabriel, she's going to go through a lot of pain, physical pain that I'm not going through, but she's also going through that pain knowing that our son's not going to be alive at the end of it. And I think going through, certainly I cannot say this with any certainty because I, I am not a woman and I've never gone through labor, but um, I imagine People have multiple children, so when you when you have a child and you go through that horrible pain, but the baby cries at the end, and you have a living child, and you get to experience that time with them and watch them grow up, like clearly it's worth it. You know, you're you are choosing to have more children, so you must you must think it's worth it. Uh, but uh, if it, it went in our situation, you know, I had this realization like Hannah's going to go through all this, and she chose like she wanted to do that rather than a C-section but our son's not going to make it in the end. And so I wanted to be whatever I could for her and do whatever I could for her to kind of take anything off of her that I could. That's, that's why I mm-hmm. ran interference with people that came to see us that I wanted to acknowledge that they, they cared and they were there for us, but I didn't want Hannah to have any extra stress or heartache or anguish and having to deal with anyone at all really even even our parents I, th- I think maybe just came in and, and cried and said that they they loved us but I just wanted to take as much off of her as possible and shelter her and um, and love her and I think I just I just flipped a switch that it's not like I don't certainly didn't take away any of the the pain or the uh, the hurt that I was feeling the way I was trying to process it but I just knew like there's work to be done, you know, things, things need to be taken care of so that, you know, my parents came and got our dogs from our house or we needed to get some, some clothes up there so I could, could change. And the days we were up there and when we were home, you know, things need to be clean and stuff like this. And Mm -hmm. it's not, not that I quickly dealt with our, with my pain or, uh, you know, was yeah, able to you, deal with it faster mode. but yeah just right. i wanted to be there for her yes. i guess and and there's also like we already talked about the at, at that point i felt like there's there's nothing for me to do i can't can't save our son after he was born he wasn't there and i couldn't bring him back i knew god could if he chose to but um i just had to like i said before you know i, I basically had to choose Hannah and i had to choose together God's in control. God has a plan. His plan's better than ours, and just need to surrender to it, and and just had to live, 
moment to moment believing that, choosing to believe that. Not not that I could say it one time and cool, now my, my hurt's gone because I know God has a plan. But when you hurt, when you're when you're stuck in that cycle of what could we have done differently? This isn't fair. We don't deserve this. You know, we deserve better. God is angry with us. Like whatever, you know, horrible thoughts come into your head. We had to choose. God is faithful. As I talked about a minute ago, we, we are knowing, we're getting to know God's character. God is not vindictive. God is not, he doesn't toy with humans like they're playthings. Like he, he loves and he wants what's best for us. And his plan is to prosper us and not to harm us. And we just had to choose to believe that. You know, two things I get out of that was one, you know, how'd you deal with the shock of this? And how'd you think clearly? Well, you kind of went into protective mode, survival mode. Like you are the husband, you know, she was your woman. Like you were like, all right. Like you, you said, use the term flip the switch. Like your, your switch got flipped to, I have to take care of my wife and my kid. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so part of the way that we deal with that initially is we just, we just do it. You know, we, mm -hmm. we get what needs, we do what needs to be done. We, you know, you manage the whole hospital situation with the visitors, taking care of your house, you know, all these different things, making sure your wife's comfortable, like you were just going to take care of her, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and I think that's so important because if in this situation, if a man is like, well, okay, this is my wife's problem because she's the one carrying this baby. I'm going to let her deal with it. And you abandon your, like, innate, like, God-given, protective, mm -hmm. like, DNA that he's given you as a man. Like, if you run away from that, if you run away from the situation, if you run away from the woman, like, you're going to have some major mm -hmm. issues, you know, really quickly yeah. because that stuff's going to haunt you, you mm -hmm. know. but. Yeah when you step up to the plate and do what you're supposed to do and take care of your wife and your family, then you don't have any regrets, you mm -hmm. know, about that. And, yeah. and you obviously don't. And then my, my next question was going to be, you know, how did you, like, how did you prepare beforehand? Like, well, let me ask you, you, you didn't prepare, like, like you didn't know you were preparing, but what do you think allowed you to be ready for this situation in your life that helped you handle it so um, as a whole as a whole helpfully healthy I don't know what the word is there. yeah um, yeah uh, that's that's kind of a long story in itself maybe we'll get into that at some point um, okay. but uh, it, it kind of all ties into my testimony and my journey with the Lord uh, to go over it very quickly which I think y'all all probably learned already in this third episode I'm not good at going over things quickly uh, <laughs> but uh, basically I became a Christian in 2014 uh, I grew up in church knew all the stories like Gabe said you know I knew about God but I didn't have a relationship with God became a Christian in 2014 uh, Hannah and I got married in 2016 and I I think not long after that, pretty quickly, you know, the first year, year and a half, I just kind of focused on like trying to be a good husband or a, a, a good provider. Um, and I, I was just like hyper-focused on, on work, on trying to, to get ahead, do whatever I could. Um, and to a certain extent, I guess I was believing the lie that if I provide or if I take steps towards providing, 
that's enough. I don't have to maybe be there emotionally for Hannah. I don't have to invest as much time in her. Like when we're together, I can come home and I can have a beer and sit and watch TV, you know? And I'm like, I didn't say this to her, but like, I'm thinking, you know, I worked all day long. I deserve a chance to sit here. And like, if you want to sit beside me, cool. But like, you know, we can, we can do separate things in the same house and I've, I've done a good job all day. And so that should be enough. And so obviously that didn't bode well for our relationship. Um, it, we had some rough times. We had some times where we needed to, to get together and hash things out because of mainly uh, Hannah, Hannah wasn't perfect in the situation, but mainly just the way I was neglecting my responsibility and my, uh, the emotional side of what you need to give to your wife to have a good relationship. And to skip to early 2019, I had a, uh, I was, I was living a selfish life. I was, uh, I was just kind of doing my own thing. And, uh, Hannah and I were, you know, there was, there were no serious marital issues, but, we weren't on the same page and that I guess was becoming an issue. And I got into an altercation with someone. Um, and it, it escalated to a, it was an argument that escalated into a fight that escalated into me being stabbed. And, uh, I spent some time in the hospital. This was in May of 19 and I broke my hand as well in the fight. And, uh, I, really gave me time and I had some time out of work and then I went back to work and I couldn't do a lot because I was a contractor with a broken hand. And, uh, so that gave me a lot of time to think and a lot of time to, to dwell on what had happened and, uh, you know, what I went through and everything that I, I blamed all of this on the other person that was in that fight. And, uh, just, I thought terrible hateful things and, and dwelt on that and, and allowed the devil to fill my mind with like, Hey, you're right. You know, you're, you were wrong. you need to get back at this person? You need to, you need to hope and dream and push for evil for this person. And so I, I, I fought with like, do I need to pursue legal consequences? You know, all of this. And there were other things involved in it, but basically it took me to a place from May of 19 to like July of dwelling on hate and like the worst that I could think about someone else. And I, I think a pastor friend recommended that he kind of knew what I was going through and recommended that I read mere Christianity. And I was doing a lot of reading, a lot of intellectual searching over the past few years. And, uh, if you've ever read mere Christianity by CS Lewis, like there's a part of it, this kind of an intellectual defense of Christianity I read it and like, as I was reading it, it was kind of like, dang, like I knew this, but like, how did I, how did I get so far? How did I think I was so smart the way I was living, the things I was trying to get into that I forgot this and I quit paying attention to God. I quit like caring what he thought, what he told me. And that kind of broke me that I realized how, far I had gone down the path of selfishness and uh, just allowing that hatred and that sin to build up inside me. And so 
I rededicated myself to the Lord, and that's around the time Hannah and I you know, talked, and I I was given wisdom by the Lord to tell her that we need to spend time seeking each other and seeking the Lord and trying to know who he is. And that's when we, we read the Bible together or started reading it. And all of that to say, if it wasn't for that situation that I went through in May, I probably would still have been living selfishly in September when our son was born. And if I hadn't gone through what at the time was the worst experience of my life in May and allowed that to God allowing that to break me down and be moldable and be be turned into someone who can trust him then I probably would have would have as as we talked about in the last episode chosen to go down those those paths of drinking and and doing other things that I did in college and not been able to trust the Lord and, and to cling to Hannah. And so, uh, you know, I think for me, that's a, a greater part of my testimony that, like I said, I can get into in another episode, but the Lord to me used the worst thing in my life to prepare me for what would actually be the worst experience I ever went through in my life. And that to me shows his, his faithfulness. It shows his, his forethought and how he knows what's best for us to use a bad situation to turn me to him so that we could trust him through a worse situation. And ultimately the fruit of that is this podcast and, and the way that I've been trying to be intentional to get to know the Lord more and to use our son's life to encourage other people. And so, man, that's awesome, man. I mean, wow. You know, the, the fact that our past prepares us for our future you know, is what mm-hmm. we see in that in ways that we have no idea for. And, you know, you've had the blessing to be able to look back on that retrospectively now and see just what you said, that one situation, you know, helped you grow so that way you would be ready for another situation, mm-hmm. you know, that was coming. And so I think in that, I think that's where, you know, the, the, the Bible says, you know, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. Because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance, and that's what we, that's what you saw, you know, mm-hmm. that year for sure. Mm-hmm. I think also I want everybody to understand we are real men that's doing this podcast. Okay, we're Will has been stabbed. Okay, <laughs> like all right. So don't think that we're like you know sitting here with our feet in bubble bath. Like <laughs> I don't know what else to say about guys that aren't like mm-hmm. manly or whatever, but. Um, we're in an office that is entirely too cold because I'm too cheap to have the uh, heat on on the weekends and, <laughs> you know, bundled up doing this. So we're real men. So my point in saying that is that we know guys that are listening, you, you are too, all right? And so real intimacy doesn't, for men, intimacy just usually means physical in nature. Like, mm-hmm. okay, me and my wife had, we were intimate. That means we were physical. Mm-hmm. Ladies don't really see it that way real intimacy and and honestly true intimacy is emotional okay and even spiritual maybe at a level and 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 will kind of touched on that where he was talking about his relationship with hannah where he had to come to that point and realize hey it's not just that i'm out there providing bringing home the bacon like when i come home i I need to be there for you uh emotionally just like i'm Mm -hmm. there for my work emotionally right so 
saying that we're real men, I'm saying that to, to say you can also be a real man and have emotional intimacy mm-hmm. with your wife. Um, and that's going to matter because that's going to bring you closer. You know, I think about, I like to watch movies, and this is a movie I might should not mention on a Christian podcast, but here it goes. That's <laughs> what I'm really kind of known for is maybe being inappropriate when I shouldn't be. But uh, I love that movie Old School, Will Ferrell mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and a bunch of his buddies in that movie. And, you know, Frank the Tank is uh, Will Ferrell's character there. And, you know, if you remember the first of the movie, he's a newlywed and just tries to, you know, do his thing. You know, he's out mm-hmm. there working on his old Camaro and, and – uh, and drinking and, and, and not really connecting with his wife. And ultimately their, their marriage doesn't, doesn't work out so well because he did not have the, uh, the enlightening experiences that Will had that then, you know, drove him to actually develop in a proper relationship with his wife. So you can be a real man and be emotionally connected to your mm-hmm. wife. So, um, man, thank you, Will, for answering those questions. I think it was a great follow-up to your story, you know, from episode two. So, Again, make sure that you listen to all three episodes, and we'll have on on the the links on our uh, social media for uh, the Bible study uh, that we talked about, or Bible study tools rather that we talked about uh, uh, that we have through our church. They've got some great uh, stuff that we can have out there, and then also episode two, we'll have the link for the the website for the uh, for the Haiti hospital that you could support. Um, so just make sure that you're checking in to the, our social media outlets of, you know, Lost Boys to Found Fathers. And then also if, you, if you're into reading, uh, thywillbedonebook.com is a story of, uh, of our journey, Memoir's journey with our girls and what we learned. And you can check that out too. So thank you all for joining us today. We will uh, catch you on our next episode. Have a great day. Thanks, guys.